Hello and welcome to Connected episode 205. I'm your host, Stephen Hacken. I'm joined this week by my co-mic, Mr. Hurley. Mm, wait. Co-mike. Do you have more than one or am I like shared with somebody? This is the argument we had last week that mm. actually, believe it or not, trimmed down in the actual show because it went on for a very long time. <laughs> I have literally no memory of this discussion. <laughs> uh, I called you something and yeah, and you were you were upset that maybe I had another mic in my life, mm. but I don't. But now we're just rehashing last week's show and we need to move on because this week, Mike, is this week's show. That's how it works. That's very true. And it's a very special episode. It is. What are we doing today? We're going to teach some lessons to everyone. No, we're not. It is our anniversary in three days. Relay FM turns a wonderful four years old. Is there a specific, like, you know, you have like the terrible twos for children. You have mm-hmm. a lot of children. Is there like a particular uh, behavioral trait that is expected of a four-year-old? Uh, you know, they're getting their, their stuff together after being really bad at two and three. So, All right. So that's where we are. We're finally getting it together. Uh, I need to let you know the themes for the fourth anniversary. Oh, good, good, good. So yep. The mm-hmm. traditional is linen or silk. So I'm getting you iOS mm-hmm. 5. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. And the modern theme is uh, electrical appliance. So I also got you a uh, a toaster. Oh, that's, that's really Don't nice. Don't put the linen in the toaster because okay. that's not good. I got you an electrical silk weaving machine, so Ooh. I'm going for all of it one I go. can't wait to make a suit for our next live show. <laughs> it's going to be so... Like, you can make like a smoking jacket or something. Yeah. Out of silk? Are they, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smoking jackets are made out of silk. Like that's... I'm know, not cool enough like kind to of the thing. have owned a smoking jacket. Clearly, clearly. Anyway, so today's episode uh, will mostly be... A Q&A. So we do this every year. This will be our fifth Q&A because we did one on the formation of the company day. Um, so we've done a zero, a one, two, and three. They will all be in the show notes. So you can go and get them. We've had like a couple that have been B-sides. This is the second on Connected and one was a video. So we like to mix it up. We like to keep it fresh mm-hmm. around here. So uh, they're available to you if you want to go and check those out. Just to see, you know, maybe you could do like some kind of binge of all of them and see like, did we do what we say we were going to do? You know, it could be interesting <laughs> to challenge us on that. But I would say that we probably have progressed through these things pretty nicely uh, mm-hmm. over time. But they're available to you if you want to go and watch them. Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend it, but like you do you. Like, I think that's the most important thing. Right at the end. Yeah, of the day. if you want to be a completionist, yeah, you will listen to six hours of us answering questions. basically the same same type of questions we're going to get. get yeah, today. and I would expect quite frequently very very similar answers, but that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine because that shows the level of consistency that we strive yes. for here at Relay FM. That video is really good. It, don't watch the whole thing, but at least watch the first like thirty five seconds and because, the last thirty five seconds. Yeah, because you like push me out of frame. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty funny. It's a good it's a good opener and the close. You pushed me too. a lot harder than you had I to. I pushed you very I really, hard. I just <laughs> I went method on that one. Yeah, if I don't break his nose, it's not real. So, anyways, uh, go check those out. Mm-hmm. And because it's August, oh, it's membership drive as well. So it's Relay Birthday Month, and we talk about our membership. Uh, Mike, do you know about the Relay FM membership? Are you a member? No, of Relay FM. I'm actually not. not a member, no. Um, I, I am I because that I, might I be illegal. Sure everything works. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'm a member anyway. Maybe. How would hmm. I even know that, Stephen? Because I well, get you the could, newsletter, right? You get the newsletter. So if you are a Relay FM member, you get access to this monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter. This month, Mike Hurley walks us through his desk setup in the mm-hmm. newsletter mm-hmm. that's coming out uh, here in about a week or so. And you get a bunch of cool wallpapers based on our show art. You get a monthly like host crossover show where I take two hosts who normally don't work together, and I put them in a Skype call together, and we talk about something. And, of course, you get a full feed of bonus episodes of Relay FM shows starting in August. The first one went up today. Reconcilable Differences went first, and we run those through the beginning of September. Mike, we're going to do one on Connected, aren't we? We most certainly are. Um, Our bonus episode this year. So in past years, and if you are become a member, a new member, you get access to all of the previous years of uh, bonus shows that we've ever done too. Typically, the the connected one has been that we all get together and share our home screens, but we fight too much. It always devolves into like a real (laughs) fight by the end of the episode. An actual argument. Yeah, and I didn't (laughs) want to do that this time. So we came up with the idea of we're going to watch The Pirates of Silicon Valley, which Mm -hmm. was a what feels like made for TV movie is what I'm expecting (laughs) it was right now, because it has that kind of feel to it. It totally does. But it is without a shadow of a doubt, my favorite movie about Apple and Steve Jobs. Yeah, it's not Pirates of the Caribbean. That's a different movie. Yep. I mean, they're similar but different. That one also feels like a made-for-TV movie. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that the uh, it's a, it's also focuses on Microsoft, too. So it's, it's really fun. I like it a lot. It is a good movie. And uh, one of the reasons that we want to watch it is so Stephen can tell us how accurate everything is. That's right. So you can look out for that. When is that coming out? That's coming out kind of later towards the end of the month, right? should be August 24th. Okay, awesome. So you can watch out for it then. But there's a ton of really, really exciting stuff coming out over the next mm-hmm. few weeks. It's always a really fun time. Uh, so you should become a member. Stephen, if somebody's not a member, how do they do that? Well, they can um, show up at your house with $5. Or that's a, that's a lot of work. You go to relay.fm slash connected and sign up to support this show, or if you want to support other shows or the whole network, you can go to relay.fm slash membership. So e- either one, and you can uh, you can pick a level, $5 a month, $10 a month, $100 a year, and you get all the same perks, and you'll be off to the races. Yep, most definitely. So uh, there's another thing that you should know. If you've been a member in the past, we have changed the URL for the feed that we use for the bonus content. You will have received an email about this if you're an active member. So there'll be a, there is a new URL that you need to subscribe to. So that's there. If you have not got that URL or if you previously canceled your membership, you probably need to sign up again. If you have any problems, you can contact us. All right, so that's the membership plug out of the way. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you if you do sign up. It means an awful lot that you think that you want to give your money to us. If you can't for any reason, it's totally okay. Like, we don't hate you. We love you just for listening. We are clearly uh, advertising supported on this sh- on this show and on all- most of Relay FM. 
Um, but the membership money really just helps give us a baseline that we can work from because so many of us, including me and Stephen, like this is how we put food on our table is with the shows that we record. So uh, this is just like another really incredible way that we can receive support from you if you want to give it. And then in return, we like to try and give you some uh, special stuff and some recurrent stuff um, that you will that you will receive from us. Mm-hmm. The chat room is asking how they could watch Pirates of Silicon Valley in advance so they can watch it and then listen to us talk about it. Uh, just from doing some quick Googling, of course, you can buy it on DVD. It's it's like $6 from Amazon. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you can also rent it from YouTube for oh, 3 okay. bucks if, that, if that's available in, in your country. In the UK, you can buy it on Amazon Prime now because that's what I had to do. Okay. Uh, and you, it's also, uh, at least it used to be on iTunes. So they're, they're, uh, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, like on Netflix or not Hulu, streaming, but, no. you, but you can get your hands on it pretty but easily. But it is an SD movie, so it's not very expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's um, good, though. Like, it is genuinely good, but I, we won't go into mm-hmm. it any more than that because we'll just end up spoiling everything. Yeah, but yeah it was, I can't remember how much it was, but it, it was it was pretty cheap for me to it's, get. It's, yeah, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's question time, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So we've been asking for questions from you all about kind of mostly just Relay FM, and we're going to answer as many of them as we most possibly can. I've kind of broke them down into three categories. We have like general company questions, questions about shows like content and stuff like that. And then at the end, of course, we'll finish with some fun questions. Uh, so I, we're going to kind of just go backwards and forwards asking these questions to each other. I will start by asking you uh, the question that comes from Khan's one uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm running the company for the last four years. How has it been different to what you expected? And what do you think it will be like for the next four years? I, I took this question, like I really leaned into the first part of the phrase of like actually running a company. Like what is it like to be a business owner? And for me, it's been um, – I've gotten much more – I got comfortable with it much sooner than I thought I would, especially like on the financial and like legal aspects of it. I was really intimidated by that when we started. And most of that, the way we're divided, most of that falls uh, on on my sort of side of the plate. And so I just had to get up to speed on a lot of stuff really quickly, and and I was able to do that, thankfully. And now I feel confident in like the way that, that – I run my part of the business is the correct way to do it. So I was expecting that to be scarier than it, than it ended up being. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad I was surprised by that. As far as that looks in the next four years, you know, I think people know, you know, as we've grown, we, we work with a lot, uh, many more people now, and we have a, a sales manager who works part-time for us. And I think the next four years are going to be more like the last year and a half have been where it is a lot more of, uh, Mike, you and I delegating things to other people, bringing more people on to help and growing it that way. Because uh, I'll, I'll speak for me at least. I think what I can do as far as like running the company aspect of it, my plate's pretty full. And so as we continue to grow and do more things, it's going to be about expanding the team now, not just figuring out between me and you who can do something, uh, if that difference makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it does. Uh, I think for me over the last four years, things have progressed much faster than I was expecting them to. Thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where I would have said we would be by this time, um, but it feels like we are much further ahead of where I thought we could be. 
So, you know, so if I was looking at the next four years, I expect it to be similar and that it will be unexpected. Like, I I don't. I don't feel like I have a very good sense of predicting the future of, of what we do. And yeah. I, I think I've always felt that way. Um, and I think it can, when you're in something like this, it can be super difficult to try and make that expectation. Yeah, I think so. You know, if you, we have a lot of questions about this, so I won't go, I won't. Yeah. We've, uh, I'll we've say got that more detail yeah. that we can go into in yeah, some yeah. later questions. Okay. All right. Um, up next from Bonnie. What are the top three things you wish you had done differently over the past four years? So there's there were quite a lot of questions that had this kind of conceit to them. Either like, what is the thing you regret? Or what is the thing that you wish you'd done differently? If you, were, if you could go back and tell yourself something uh, that you could have fixed, what would it be? And the thing is that like... This question implies, like, there is an implication in the question, which is not a, a malicious thing, but the implication there is that there is there are regrets, right? That, like, if you wish you'd done something differently, it means that you regret something. Um, but I actually don't have any regrets for the way that we've run our company over the last four years. Like, there are things that, in the moment, you were like, oh, man, I wished that this could have been done differently. Or, like, I wished I wouldn't have done this. But mm-hmm. we have got through every single one of those situations with no major implications. Like, I couldn't think of three specific things that I would want to change. Like, there's small stuff, like having our caching in a better place earlier on, not entering into some business relationships that we did early on. But none of these caused a lasting detrimental effect. We learned a lot from them, and I'm happy that we learned all those lessons. So I'm kind of a big believer in the idea and it's not a complex idea that kind of like you are the sum of your parts right like right. if if you are if you are generally happy with where you are then you wouldn't want to go back and change something like that whole butterfly effect type thing if you go and make one change in your past and you change literally everything like if you just watch back to the future too you know like big bad things happened to marty and his family you know we all know that's the case uh so that's kind of how i feel as well i i I wouldn't want to change anything that we've done because i feel happy about where we are uh totally the same and uh, i i too struggle with this question because we've been so fortunate over the last four years that even things that i would do differently they all sort of shook out in the end, you mm-hmm. know. Like, yeah, there's always little things, and nothing, nothing big, nothing like really altering to our our trajectory. I don't think, but in my view, exactly. there's so much positive that's come out of this for us, our families, the the community around Relay. Then, like, yeah, some stuff that was frustrating on a temporary, from like a temporary perspective, is fine because of where we are now. Right, because this is like a normal thing. Like, even this week, we've had some struggles with some stuff. But it's just like that's what running a business is, mm-hmm. because every single day we are treading into things we've never experienced before. So, because it's just me and you, we have to just make the decisions, and like, yeah. and that's that's like the biggest thing about owning your own business, right? Like, every single day you have to make a new decision that the day before you didn't think even existed, you didn't know existed. Yep. So you kind of just have to make your way and at first that is absolutely terrifying but then later on it just becomes a minor annoyance which is how it is now because you get the experience and the confidence in yourself 
that you're not going to destroy everything by making one decision. So then it just becomes frustrating where you're like, oh, man, what? We have to do this thing now, huh? Like GDPR. Right? Like, that, that was like that was this fun. huge thing. But we are now at a point where, like, actually finding out what we needed to do wasn't difficult because we just asked our lawyer, right? And then mm-hmm. they put us in touch with the person we needed. And then it was just yep. a case of, like, doing the legwork to get it in place. Well, like, if GDPR would have happened in, like, year one, it would have been like, oh, well, that's it then. <laughs> Close up shop. Back it up. We can't do this. Billions of dollars yeah. of fines. Like, you know, and I think that's the biggest difference. All right. We should move on. Uh, Frank asked, and this is a slightly different question. If you had a time machine, what advice would you give yourself before you started Relay? If I had a time machine, I would think I would do all sorts of things. No, Not butterfly effect. I just said it. Butterfly effect. Uh, just go take a sports almanac and then Biffin's at president. Mm-hmm. Wait. Uh, so... For me, I think it would be to um, like in those early days when, especially when you and I were both still working regular jobs. But then I, I feel like it got it got more stressful when you were independent and I was not. Um, I really struggled. We've talked about this. We talked about it publicly. Like I really struggled with the imbalance between the two of us we because did. you were in it full time and I had a job and we mm-hmm. had a lot of back and forth. And uh, I would tell myself that hey, that time period is going to be stressful. But at the end of it, you're going to get to go independent. And just having that weight off my shoulders, because I was, my biggest fear in that, it was maybe like nine months or so, whatever it was. My biggest fear was Mike can go independent because, you know, he's, he's at the time not married. You're married now, Mike. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, but didn't have kids or anything. I had kids and mortgage. Like Mike was able to go full time in it and Relay would never make enough where I could do it too. Yep. And that we'd be stuck in this limbo forever. And I would tell past Steven that that won't be the case. And just to sort of get through this, because out the other side, you're going to be in a lot better shape. And that's how it turned out. But that time was really hard in hindsight. And I'm, I'm glad that it's over. So again, like, same feeling. Like, I wouldn't necessarily want to do this in case it ruined anything, but let's just imagine that I could be guaranteed that it wouldn't ruin anything. There's two things that I would want to do. One of them is the that idea, right, of what you just said then about kind of the two of us. I would want to go back and tell me that I didn't have to worry. Because a big fear of mine was, like, when you eventually did kind of quit your job for to do Relay FM stuff... That because I sell the ads and we didn't have anything like membership at the time, that I was responsible for feeding your children. And like that was really scary to me, right? Mm -hmm. That, that like, uh, that I had to sell ads on your shows because otherwise you made no money. Like, that was terrifying to me Hmm. to have that kind of, um, responsibility. And I don't feel it anymore because the scale is much different. Right, so like I don't really have that fear anymore because we've also had these multiple years of success. Right, but I would like to, you know, just tell myself like, don't worry about this. Like, you're going to be able to do it. And Mm -hmm. the other thing I would want to do is go back to both of us, kind of like when we were together two months before we launched our company and really kind of like going through it. Just just print out our hosts page and take that back to us in the past. And be yeah. like, this is what it's going to look like. 
because we never would have believed it and that would be a you know that would be fun it would be yeah it'd be really eye-opening i think alex cox seems like a made-up name (laughs) how did you decide which of you takes on specific aspects of the business is something you knew when you started the company did it organically evolve have you discovered new strengths and weaknesses over the years that were surprising to you all right i read a book for cortex called the e-myth revisited terrible Mm -hmm. book good episode of cortex because the book was so terrible but it had one thing in it that was useful which was the idea of no matter how big your company is uh that you should create an organizational chart for it Mm -hmm. so not too long after i read that book we met up for our annual retreat which we've not done this year because of traveling uh, constraints, which is very sad. I'm very sad about that. Um, but we sat down and we went through all of the tasks that we believe our company has, like all of the things that that we go through, and we assigned roles and job titles to each other based upon that. So, like, I got director of sales, and Stephen got like SVP of live events and all that kind of stuff. And this was like a real thing that we did, taking it very seriously, right? Like we weren't joking around with it because then what it also did, because you go from the very top all the way down to like the the lowest level, like assistant of something, right? You go all the way down for the entire, what you consider the entire company to be. Uh, and then you plan it all out for yourself, right? So you're like, this is, these are all the things that I want to do. And these are all the things that we think are important. We assigned those jobs to each other. And then what that stopped doing was a thing came in and then we would say, are you doing this or am I doing this? Like that just stopped because we then knew who was doing what because the job titles were established. And over time, as new things are coming in, it's way easier for like completely new parts of our business occur then we, it's way easier for us to have a very quick conversation and be like, does this fit into your part of the organization or my part of the organization? Because now we both have like very particular ideas about what we put into the business. Mm-hmm. So like when and live th- shows came up as a thing, it very much fit into your side because you're really good at organizing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I like, I like, everything about live shows. So mm-hmm. it, a lot of that is organic because you and I are very similar in a lot of ways. We're good at different things. And yep. I think we really have been fortunate to complement each other. I think over really time well. we have started to meet more in the middle, right? Like the longer we working together, I think we're both mm-hmm. getting better at each other's thing, but we do still have very, and I think that's just through osmosis of working together, right? Like that we both end up getting better because you know, we understand how they ever work. Exactly. Married couples start to look alike. Yep. Uh, and you sound more like me now than you ever have. So mm-hmm. I got that going. And too. you sound more like me. <laughs> we're, we're just meeting, meeting in the middle. We're meeting on a small, a small Atlantic Island, mm-hmm. like a, a little piece of driftwood. Yeah. Anyways, it's a good question. And I think that advice is really good from that book. Um, that's a hilarious Cortex episode, by the way. It'll be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But that idea, like, even if you're two people, you, we will probably never f- – however many jobs were there. Let's say there were 15 positions. We'll probably never fill that out. But it's just, it was a good exercise 
so we could understand where we were. And when we hired somebody that came out of that organization chart, like we know, okay, this is where this position is, is where this, who this person reports to. And it means that when it's time to make a decision, you've already weighed a lot of the factors. And so when it's time to make the decision, it's just about the decision itself. You don't mm-hmm. have to do all this backlog of work to get where you need to be. And so it's really good advice. I think the the strengths thing I talked about earlier, I just didn't know. I, I was very uh, worried about a, a lot of the administrative administrative stuff. And we struggled with it at first, but we have systems and processes in place now and our error rate is way way down and it's been it's been something that we've had to work at and build over the years but i'm really proud of of what that's become it's part of the business no one ever sees uh but it's one that's really important because it, it lets us uh, go through what we need to go through as a company uh, processes that we execute on you know sometimes on a daily basis that really work well and that that's something i thought i was good at before and now I know that I'm good at it because I've had the expertise to do this um, with you and with Relay. So yep. that's been it's something a totally different I've, I've scale, been... right, to anything yeah. you've done before because it's all of it, not just some of it. Like right. It's all of it, you know, where mm-hmm. like in, in I think both of us in previous jobs is like, oh, yeah, we could do this part of it and this part of it. But then there were this then you'd hand it over to somebody else. Well, that that, that somebody else doesn't exist. Right. Like it's we have to do all of it. Bingo. All right, should we take our first break? Let's take our first break. Let's thank our very, very long-time good friend sponsors, that is Squarespace. Uh, We have been a company for four years. Squarespace has been a sponsor since pretty much day one. They, They signed on before the company had even launched. So we're very thankful to Squarespace for their support of Relay FM. Make your next move with Squarespace. They'll let you easily create a website for your next idea. And they give you the ability to grab a unique domain name, take advantage of beautiful, customizable, award-winning templates. They have 24-7 customer support. So when you're setting things up, if you get lost or you get confused, you need any help at all, they have people there to help you, as well as really good documentation. So you can just go look it up for yourself, which is what I've done when I've worked on many Squarespace websites. I'm like, oh, how do I do this thing? They have great documentation to help you do it. Like, for example, when we were setting up our wedding website, I wanted it to be not listed in Google searches. It's a checkbox. Like, really, really amazing stuff. I absolutely adore Squarespace and have used them for so many projects over the years because it's so customizable. No matter what type of website you want to build, they're an all-in-one platform that will let you do it. You can have blog functionality, store functionality, all the functionality you've ever wanted. And Squarespace have got it all covered with nothing to install, patch, or upgrade. They really are an incredible service, and you can try it out for yourself. Go sign up for a trial today with no credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com slash connected. Their plans start at just $12 a month, and then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code connected, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, and show your support for this show. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash connected, and the code connected to get 10% off your first purchase purchase our thanks to squarespace for their support of this show and relay fm squarespace make your next move make your next website all right our next question comes from david kuth what is something that you have learned to do in the last four years that you'd not expected that you would have learned to do so i'll take this one first and mine is uh selling advertising inventory at the level that we do like i knew that selling ads was going to be a part 
of our company, right? Because otherwise, how else are we going to make money? But the size and amount of spots that we have to fill now is not at all what I would have expected that we would have to take care of. Like, it's a lot. We sell a lot of ad spots on a lot of shows pretty consistently, and we're getting a lot better at it. Um, I wouldn't have expected that we would have been at that point uh, by now, and I just never would have expected that we would have been selling for so many shows. You know, like, there is a thing later on about, like, adding in shows, and we always have more shows than we expect we're going to have, and so way more of them have advertising on than I would have imagined. Yeah, it's it, when you look at our inventory system, I remember what it was like in the early days. <laughs> it was, you could see it all in mm-hmm. one page, and now it's just like, holy cow, there's so much stuff in mm-hmm. here. And and you guys do such a good job at keeping it, keeping the inventory not only filled, but like correct, like no data entry errors. Like everything is neat and tidy, and it's a huge... Um, a huge, like a huge thank you from me to you and to Carrie for doing that because I know I don't deal in that world every day. But if a question does come up, I know that if I don't know the answer, I can find it reliably because those systems are so neat and tidy. And that's mm-hmm. a huge part when you talk about scaling. If you're if something as simple sounding as data entry doesn't scale, then you have a problem. And uh, we've had to get that that all working, and it works really well now. That's a huge. Um, it's a huge thumbs up to to you guys, but yeah, I did a very very quick back of the envelope calculation. We have something like a hundred and twenty ad spots that we can sell in a month, mm-hmm. um, and we're getting consistently closer all the time to having them all sold out. You know, like that has happened multiple times this year and and had not happened before. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, it's it's a lot to keep straight, and we do it now. As you say, we're, we're, we're very little issue, and that is a surprise to me. So thank you for your, for your compliment. Yeah. My answer to this is, is really different from yours, but I think, I, think you would, I think you will agree with it. Uh, for me, something that I did not think I'd have to learn, but I, have, I think I'm still learning, um, but is, is how to deal with being a, a public figure. Like hmm. There's a term, and it's such a good term. You guys came up with an analog forever ago. Um, micro famous it's like the idea that we're well known within a very you know specific community and that's definitely true and i've i've always had just great conversations and interactions with people but that's something i I had to learn to be better at i had to learn how to manage that and that's come with some like decisions about some things i share on social media that and those sorts of things like just trade-offs as the audience has grown but that's something that i didn't really think about when we started this like like, we'll we'll keep doing our shows as normal it's like well now we're you know, however, however, 10 times, whatever the size we, we started as with that has grown like spotlight on the company and on us. And as our audiences have grown, just figuring out what that means in a bunch of different ways, it's hard. And in some ways it's maybe the hardest thing about this for me, but uh, hopefully I am continuing to mature and, and be better at it because I do love talking to people who listen to the shows or read the sites or whatever, but just being uh, more, uh, being able to manage that better personally is something that I did not anticipate having to take on. It is a difficult transition. Like, and it was really difficult for me when we started Cortex because it, it grew very quickly in a very short space of time. Uh, that took a lot of adjustment for me um, to, to deal with that. 
right? Like that. But over time, I have gotten way better. I'm way better at it now. You know, mm-hmm. like there was. It happens to me very, very, very infrequently that I will get noticed um, when I'm not expecting it. Right. But yeah. but it does happen. It happens a few times a year. Right. That someone yeah, would recognize me. Um, kind of in the street when I'm not at a like collection of nerds in a place. Right. At WWDC. Exactly. (laughs) And, and when it first happened, I was very bad at it and like super awkward and I didn't know what to do because my brain wasn't in the mindset, but now I can just launch straight into it. And like, I know the things that I would say and and I know how important it is for like, because I've been in this position, like, if you've gotten the courage up to come and say hello to me, like I want to make sure that that person leaves that conversation not feeling like that they were a specific imposition in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So getting used to that has been uh, has been tr- very tricky, right? So, but it's a, a valuable thing to do because I feel better when things go right. So, yep, same as you. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I am mean key guy uh on twitter asked where do you each see relay fm in the next four years so uh i've been holding back some of my thoughts on this right for this question um so i'm very confident that we'll be here right like i i don't believe that we're going anywhere for for a significant period of time uh i expect we'll have a lot of new hosts there'll be people that you don't know right the same as if you look over the last four years to now there would be people that you didn't know. There were people that I didn't know, right? That like we didn't mm-hmm. know people. Like I didn't know Gray four years ago. Like I didn't even like I I think I just found Hello Internet like a week before we started the company, right? So it's we're very different, I think. We'll look in four years' time. I believe that we will have expanded to new types of content and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, I also believe we will have more people that work for the company in a significant uh, role because we only really have like one and a half people in time mm-hmm. right and that's split across like four or five different people right now uh, I expect that that will grow to multiple actual people that are employed or like contracted for a significant portion of their time uh, within the next four years it just feels like that is a natural growth for us totally I think I think that follows the curve that we're on. Uh, yeah, I I don't really have anything much to add to that. You know, I'm I'm confident the company will be here. I think it will be just like Relay now isn't what it was even two years ago. Really, that it will continue to uh, evolve and and grow and and yeah, I'm I'm excited about the future of the company. I'm excited that we continue to do it what we do and, and the way that we want to do it, which is perhaps most important to me, that we, we are doing things on our own terms and the way that we think they should be done. And yeah, I just, you know, it's to a degree, like part of my answer is like, it's going to be like it is now just with four more years of experience under our belt. Yep. Um, so we'll see. All right. So next question comes from uh, being hands my hands my four years in. Uh, I'm sure you've found some ways to streamline various aspects of your business using technology. Are there any challenges or aspects of running Relay FM right now where you're still hunting for that optimum solution or workflow? Do you have anything? I don't know. I thought I thought about this for a minute. You know, I feel like there's some stuff that's just kind of a 
a fixed thing. Like editing is editing, right? Mm -hmm. it, it is just what it is. There are things that the, the most obvious example to me, but not to the to the listeners, is our CMS, which we own, uh, custom built, and we have done a lot of work in that, especially over the last two years, most of which no one ever sees, to make things like publishing the shows better and easier for us and for our hosts. Mm -hmm. And there are, are always things I'm trying to smooth out rough edges in that CMS all the time. So there's that. Other than that, you know, a lot of what we do is still, you know, we, we're is still relatively manual. We're making invoices, we're tracking inventory. And a lot of that, there's just not good workflows for it because it just needs human hands. Now we're better at it. We're faster at it. We're more competent at it. So I don't know if, if the technology really helps on that side of things. Uh, what do you think? That's, that's your side of things. There is the element of like, uh, the, the, the technology is other humans, right? And like that, that is definitely a thing, right? You said like it requires intervention, like by, by human hands, like mm -hmm. it totally does. But one thing like that can't get better is it can be people that's not me and you, right? Like if we're just thinking about how we both feel and I think that we both feel better about having Carrie because she manages so much stuff for us mm -hmm. that it works, right? Like that I, I feel better, you feel better having someone else there who can take some tasks away from us. Um, but again, like we're very inside baseball today, right? Because it's, I mean, you would have tuned out <laughs> yeah. by now if you weren't into this. Um, <laughs> Super into it. But like, you know, looking at my sides of the business, we have a lot of work still needed to be done to strengthen the tools that we use for managing our advertising inventory. So like yeah. the way that we book shows into a system and get our hosts copy and get our hosts paid and that kind of stuff. Like there is there are tools out there that we can use and we do use right now, but we are outgrowing everything at an increasingly quicker basis that in all the same reasons that we build and maintain our own CMS, we also eventually need to build and maintain our own advertising system, I think. We both agree on this, but that's really hard. It is it is lengthy, frustrating, and costly. That's the reason we're not doing it. Uh, yeah. But again, it's like one of those things, right? So, okay, so th what this conversation that you're listening to here, this is this is a conversation, this is a, an issue when there's like a company like ours where I manage my part and Stephen manages his part. Mm -hmm. this we is want really, our children to get yeah, new things. This is very important <laughs> to me. Right. But Stephen is effectively, yeah, Stephen holds basically <laughs> the CFO role in our business. It's one of his things, both CFO and CTO. So this is very much in his camp yeah. where like I'm the sales guy walking into the CTO, banging my hand on the desk and saying, give me a new system. But this is why I'm saying it's lengthy, frustrating and costly because I am a reasonable man. I know that I can't ask for this to happen tomorrow. Yeah. But like we both gonna, know, I'm just gonna mail you some multicolored index cards. Yeah, thank take you. that, Mike. We both know that ultimately we need different tools. Yes. but it's probably gonna be a very slow process where mm -hmm. our CMS is much quicker. And I am reasonable in understanding that the CMS needs to be there so that the shows can actually publish, and that's why that's important. <laughs> where yeah. for me, my yeah. problem is just making things less frustrating. And, and mm -hmm. less time consuming. So I understand why it takes a back seat. But in all seriousness, we both understand, right, that this is something that we need to do one day. <laughs> wow. He said, squeezing my arm. Yeah, yeah no, it, to totally. And uh, it's obviously something we need to take care of. And uh, 
I didn't really plan on talking about the CMS, but if I can have a sidebar for a second. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're real deep in the weeds at this point, so I feel like we might as well just go all the way. It's one thing we've done over the last, I guess maybe like two years, probably two years ago, I think, is when we sort of started thinking about uh, the CMS as like a true asset to the business, not just something we not something we just use like Google Sheets, right? Like we have lots of Google spreadsheets, but like the CMS is something that we own as a company, as an asset that we should invest in. It's, it's, a, it's a very typical thing where like you start using something that's perfect for you, yeah. but then eventually you outgrow its intended purpose. Right. And we did this with Google Sheets. We were using Google Sheets for everything. And then we mm-hmm. outgrew Google Sheets and needed to go to another system. Or then we were, you know, it was like how we talk about my favorite app, Pipedrive, which nobody cares about except me. Um, but that's because we outgrew my brain as a place to store all that information. <laughs> well, we had right? Trello too, which we outgrew instantly. Yeah, Trello so. and my head. And then Pipedrive mm-hmm. replaces both of those two things. <laughs> and, you know, I just have a big P mm. logo for a face now. It's incredible. Uh, but yeah. that that's kind of just the way that things tend to go. So, all right. At underscore fly, you fools. Do you have, or did you ever have an end goal for Relay FM? And has it changed considering the position you're in right now? Uh, we didn't have an end goal. I think the ultimate goal was that we would both do this for our jobs. And we've done that. I don't have an end goal, which could be a problem. Uh, but I figure we'll work it out later on, right? Like an end goal for me, at least, with what we do. We run a lifestyle business, right? We run a business mm-hmm. that is... Re- I hate that term because it. it I think it devalues it, but lifestyle yeah. business means you don't want investment and you don't want to sell it, which right. is that's, ridiculous. That's what this question yeah. really says. This question is really asking, are you going to sell Relay? And the answer is no. Uh, uh, A... <laughs> Well, if someone... <laughs> Most likely not, right? We have no Most plan to do it, but like if somebody backs up a big enough truck of money in the right terms, we'd be. everybody has a price, as Ted DiBiase used to say, right? So like, I would never want to go on the record and say, no, we will never sell our company because I think that that would be foolish, but we are not building a company to sell it. Exactly. We are making lots of decisions that make us less desirable to mm-hmm. a company to buy us. Because we do not think in that way, right? Like, I think there are a lot of things that we would do very differently if we thought we were ever going to sell this thing. Yeah, it's also why we didn't take any investment. There's a question a little bit further down from Sean. Was the first moment you knew Relay would be financially viable? Uh, I'll answer that in this comment that, you know, we've talked about this. We started the company, like, we both took our life savings and put it in the business, Um and, uh, you know, that's not, that wasn't a ton of money for either of us, but it was scary. I had uh, a baby on the way. I was like, eh, I'm going to spend our life savings, BRB. But we were able to pay ourselves back pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. when we, when we paid ourselves back, you know, from the business back to our personal accounts, those loans, that's when I knew we were going to be okay. That, you know, or at the very least, I didn't, I didn't lose all the money my wife and I had in the bank. And we did that because we... From the beginning, we wanted to build a business that let us work for ourselves. Yes. And, and if we sell it, then we're working for somebody else or we're on a boat or something, but probably working for somebody else. And I, I don't want to do that unless I absolutely have to. So I, th- I feel like from the very beginning, we've been consistent in this, that we, we're, the business we want to build supports us, supports our families, supports the many hosts on the show. You know, a lot of our hosts uh, have jobs, but a lot of them now don't. We have an increasingly number of independent people doing shows on Relay. And I think, in large part, if I can be selfish for a second, that's because what Relay has grown to become, 
which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've created a, a place where everybody can just do their thing, and and that only really works, at least in its current state, the way that it is now. So, well, there's there's two things that happen: either we help provide people enough money that they can maybe quit their jobs, or they get hired by a huge technology company. That's true. We've had a lot of people <laughs> leave for Apple and Google and Microsoft. Yeah, so. we've we've got the big three. Like we've got each yeah. of them now. And then then We're Russell ran, went ahead and joined like. His company All got the, bought by NPR and a, comp- yeah. a few other in like big radio folk. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we have a pretty, <laughs> pretty good track record of getting people good jobs. It seems well. Yeah, we're not directly associated, but you know, still. No, good, I called Tim Cook up. I was like, "You should hire this person," <laughs> and he listened. It's like Sundar, come on, we're buddies. Yeah. Uh, in a similar vein, Benjamin uh, asks, uh, "Your growth has been fantastic, and it looks like you stand on solid ground. Your load seems full, even as you continue to branch out." That's a fantastic way of putting that. Uh, because you love what you do, how does the thought of doing this for the next thirty years strike you? Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, my feeling <laughs> is, do I want to do exactly what I'm doing right now for thirty years? the exact job. No, I don't want to do that. But do I want to keep running this company for 30 years? Yes, I want to do that. Like, I don't want to be stuck for 30 years doing the exact same thing. But Mm -hmm. it's not about the tasks. It's about, like, owning this company that produces creative work that supports people, whatever that ends up looking like in 30 years' time, right? Do we think we will still be producing podcasts in 2048? No, I don't. It will be some other new type of medium, probably. Yeah, right? It'll be Federico and, and me and you in someone's uh, living room as holograms yeah. talking about Holocausts. the uh, iPhone 28 rumors. Exactly. But do you see what I mean? Like, yeah, I want to yeah. keep doing exactly what I'm doing. But like, as Jason Snell says in the chat room from Relay FM, this is Upgrade episode 1740. I don't think I want to get that far. I love working with Jason. I mean, Mac Power users is almost there. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I love working with Jason, but I don't know if we'll be both be recording Upgrade in 30 years' time. I would have hoped that in 30 years, Jason would have retired. I really, yeah. I really hope Jason's retired in now, 30 now years' he's time. Still, he's still holding out for an iOS laptop at that point. <laughs> Any any moment, any moment it'll be here, Jason. It will happen. It will happen. <laughs> At Ragsdale on Twitter, uh, Relay is approaching 30 shows. How much growth are you aiming for? Could Relay one day have 50, 75, or 100 shows? What are the challenges of managing growth? So we have no aim or goal for number of shows. We have been, for the last four years, consistently on the edge of what we can handle. That's just how it's always been. We are always at the edge of what we can handle at any moment. And as soon as we get comfortable again, another opportunity comes our way. And these days, the vast majority of new shows that we have come from an idea from somebody else. Like somebody comes to us uh, with an idea that we like uh, as opposed to we create a show, right? Like I don't think that me and you, that doesn't really happen too much anymore. Um, You know, maybe somebody has an idea and we feel like – or they approach us and like me and you feel like we're the perfect fit for it, right? Like with Query. Right, Query. Right, Ren had that idea and you were the perfect fit for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ren has since moved on and now the wonderful Micah <laughs> Sergeant. dead. Moved on from another to, okay, she's not, not moved on to another existence. Serenity, I never said that. Serenity's no longer with us. <laughs> she's at Apple now. So that's that. The giant but, park the wonderful the Micah now uh, is your co-host yes. on Query. I love Micah. But uh, 
the challenges for us, I think, are just in what it takes to manage the amount of people and their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when I say we've been consistently on the edge, it's like we feel like, can we handle more people? And then you bring it in and then you settle to that. And then you can expand again. Yeah. Um, my personal feeling is there, there is no real harm in having as many shows as we have or more. Like, I think... We provide options for people. I don't believe that a lot of people's first interactions with Relay FM is going to relay.fm slash shows. Like they have no. found out about a show somehow and they start listening to it. And then one day they either hear about another show that they want to subscribe to. Like maybe some people just heard about Query for the first time and want to go check that out because Micah and Steven are awesome together, right? So maybe you want to go and look at that. Or you're like, oh, I've run out of shows. I know that X show is part of Relay FM. Let me see if they have anything else. So I think that our uh, job over, that, over the, you know, the next however many years is to just to make it easier to display that content to people when they do come to our website, which we have got better with. Like our redesign last year has made it way better and way more simple mm-hmm. to, to, to look at our stuff. And as we go into the future... Maybe that's what we do, right? Like, who knows? Maybe we want to get to 100. So Relay FM starts like a sister network, right? That we run that is like focused on something else, right? Like, we don't know what, what that's going to look like. But I am not interested in setting a fixed number. No. Because I hear from all the time, right? People say to me, like Kate just did in the chat room, like started with Cortex, then found Connected, and then went like wild from there you know and i mm-hmm. hear that all the time right like whenever we do pen shows whenever me and brad go to pen shows people say to me all the time oh i listened to cortex and found out that you did a pen show so now i listen to that or like i have people that say oh i listened to the pen addict and then i started listening to connected and ungenious right like this happens to me all the time so i don't think there's a problem i think if anything it's a good thing because we give people even more and more types of stuff that they want to listen to and considering so much of our content is niche content right like we we make stuff for people that super care about things i think the more shows you have the more likely you are to get more people so i think it works yeah. for us so what you're saying is we're gonna have a model train show pretty soon hit hit, hit that community sure. people i mean so it's two shows that that people think that i would want to do one day and i would but never will lego and watch yes and it's because of the cost the purchasing <laughs> All right, I have the pen addict. That's enough for me. Uh, we have connected. You're going to buy a new iPhone and iPad like next month. Right, but so this is this is the thing, and we'll get to this later on. Like, I would have bought those anyway. So. That's true. That's uh, true. Benjamin Heron asks, what are your thoughts about Overcast's upcoming feature to allow podcasters to promote their Patreon um, or membership links directly on the now playing screen, and do you think App Review will allow it? I think it's a good thing. You so, know, yeah. Um, businesses like ours will be advertising driven for the, you know, I think as as long as we're around probably unless something really crazy happens. And uh but membership is a way we talked about earlier, like yes, it's it helps support our hosts, but it, it creates a relationship and like a a, a platform for dialogue between a part of the audience and and us. And I think that's um I think that's a good thing and Mm -hmm. so what overcast is going to do if you didn't see the tweets is if you put a special link in your show notes it's going to be a little a little spot in overcast ui to say hey you know if you want to support the show tap this link and it'll take you to wherever that link says it's not invasive i don't think you know marco does things always with a balanced hand and with good taste and 
from what I've seen, this is going to follow follow that. It's going to look very natural and overcast. And I think it's great. And I'm not worried about app review. I think that's a, a silly worry. Like, it's literally a URL. Like, uh, with a in the mod, URLs for this episode in Overcast, there will be links to support our membership. Yeah. So, if it's a problem for him or anybody that implements this, because it seems pretty open, right? Like anybody could do something like this who makes a podcast app with the way that Marco yes. wants to do it. Um, this is exactly the same, right? Like there isn't... Yeah. You know. And it's just going to take you to the web, you know? So like, for instance, I bought a uh, a Kindle book actually just last night. Mm-hmm. And so I Googled the book and I have the Amazon app installed on my iPhone. I just Googled the book. First link was Amazon Kindle. I clicked it. It went to the app, and then it came to me to Safari immediately because you can't buy Kindle books within the app. And like, once you're out on the web, Apple can't say anything. So I, I'm not I'm not worried about this. Um, I, I don't I don't think Mark I, I don't know, but I don't think Marco is either. Yeah, I, I don't think so. All right, so um, we just talked about Kate, but she asks since the last Q and A, which was a year ago, is there anything in particular that has happened that you never thought could be possible? Uh, selling out three live shows. Mm-hmm. We sold out our show in San Jose. We sold out a show, uh, two upcoming shows, one in Chicago and uh, one in New York. I I wouldn't have imagined that we would have done that. So that is incredible. And thank you if you bought a ticket. And we thank you for being in San Jose or thank you to see you. Thank you to see you uh, in, mm-hmm. in October in our mini tour that we're doing in October. So. Yes, and I think there'll be more of this in the future. We really enjoy him, mm. so. Mm-hmm. I know that's going to make Alex Cox very happy. Alex is, is constantly bugging me to do more live shows. Every time I mention anything I'm working on, she's like, oh, is it more live shows? And I'm sure she probably does the exact same thing to you as well. Mm-hmm. Constantly. So, Alex, more live shows. Come, We're coming, coming your to your way. hometown. <laughs> this should be enough. We go, we, it's, we're just going to do a weekly show in Alex's living room, just, just to make her happy. It's, it's a little weird. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Pingdom. This is another sponsor who's been with us for an incredibly long time. Pingdom is one of our very, very favorite companies because they are one of the companies that we use to great effect. I know that uh, every time we have a problem with our website, we know about it because Pingdom tell us. So while you've been listening to this podcast, Stephen, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know? <laughs> I would know. I'd get a text message. Uh-huh. I'd get a push notification. i get an email. That's right. I have all three turned on. All three. Because I really hate downtime. Because you wouldn't want it to be that if your customers were trying to click that buy now button or get to your site, that they couldn't. You, you have, If you didn't have Pingdom, you might just stumble across this by luck or because you've seen a tweet. Yeah. That's not a good system. You need something no. to tell you that everything is running smoothly. You need that peace of mind. So you need Pingdom. They will let you know the moment your site goes down or, that is any, or if there's any trouble in whatever way best suits you. They're smart too. They'll get the information needed to solve this issue sent to whoever needs it, whether that's one person or your whole team they're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable they use more than 70 global test servers to emulate visits to your site checking its availability as often as every minute all pingdom needs is the url and they'll take care of the rest don't risk being the last to know about something on your site breaking start monitoring your site today by going to pingdom.com relay fm you'll get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required then when you sign up use the code connected at checkout to get an amazing 30 percent of your first invoice our thanks to pingdom for their support of this show and relay fm can i tell a story about downtime yeah please Ooh. it's not about relay it's a previous job so i had i'd 
a background in IT. I was IT director uh, at a, a nonprofit for a long time. And one day I needed to change something on the network, and it, we had a bunch of Windows machines. And unfortunately, the way Windows works with DNS caching stuff, I had to re- I had to everybody reboot their Windows machines. So I came in early. I did my stuff on the, on the network. I realized I needed to tell people, hey, if you can't get on the internet, uh, just restart your computer and you'll be you'll be all set. But, you know, we had like 30 employees. They were scattered across a building. And I started getting phone calls, right? Like inner office phone calls. Like, hey, my internet's down. And uh, then I ran to the problem of, oh, how do you tell people the internet's down if the internet's down? You can't know. You're, stuck, you're, you're trapped in a time loop of sadness. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. So my version of Pingdom was I wrote, I put... Uh, I printed out a thing that said, if your internet's down, please restart your computer. And I put it on the employee, like where people clocked in. And then people knew. I basically invented Pingdom. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All right. So we are done with asking, answering questions uh, <laughs> We're done. about meta Wrap business stuff. We're done. See you later. We're now going to answer questions about content and shows. So content. our first question comes from oof, on jiwoon underscore ted if you were to start a new podcast and you could choose anyone in the world to be your co-host who would you choose in other words what would be your podcast dream panel and what would you be talking about what would you who would you who would you pick that's uh this is one i didn't really i didn't really put much time into i agree uh, i agree with your first answer so i'll just defer to you because your answers i'm 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 in sync with i would like to talk about technology products with nkbhd and video games with Griffin McElroy. I implore every single person who listens to this show to never mention that to anyone. This is a secret that we share, okay? Right? Because it's probably never going to happen. Someone's already tweeting at... Yeah, yeah. so so just don't. I love you. Please don't. But they are... That's kind of like my my dream situations. There you go. John Keyes asks, could you please clarify whether Thoroughly Considered is a sponsored content Mm. podcast? Or does it work the same way as your other excellent programs? Stephen, could you explain what a th- what a sponsored content is? Yes, a sponsored content podcast uh, is one where a company approaches a network, let's say, and says, "Hey, we would like to make a show. We like to pay for it, and uh, in part of this is we're going to help shape potentially shape what's in the show." So, other networks do this. We don't do it to spoil the answer. But um, there are out, there are shows out there that do that. Most of the time, they're clearly labeled what they are. So Gimlet does a bunch of this. And it's like you know whatever the show name is, powered by eBay or you know whatever. And uh, they have a whole second so, arm of their company called Gimlet Creative. Yes, and 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 that's the key, I think, where it is it is sort of separate from their other editorial process at Gimlet, and that, that's how we would do it too, I think. But uh, but we don't do it. That's not what they're really considered is. No, I understand why people ask this question. Because yes. it is a show in, totally fair. in which we talk about the output of one company, which is Studio Neat, mm-hmm. right? So it's Tom and Dan and Studio Neat and me. Um, the reason this show exists is because we find the two of them incredibly interesting people. And yes. I thought it would be really cool to just dig into their thinking about how they make stuff. And as you can tell, right, by doing that, we spend every single episode promoting their products, right? Because we are talking about how they make stuff based upon their own experiences. So I can understand the question, right? Because it's like, well, you're only talking about them. Is it not just a big ad for them? No money exchanges hands, right? They don't pay me. It's just a thing that we are really interested in. 
Uh, and it's why for now and for the foreseeable future, there are no, there's no advertising on the show because the show in and of itself is like an ad for their stuff, right? Because it's yeah. all we're talking about. Um, and you can, you can just be clear, you can back thoroughly considered as a member, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, other than that, and that's, you know, everyone's free choice to do. Mm-hmm. It is, it is thoroughly considered is not writing us a check to do that show. We do it because honestly we love Tom and Dan and I think we both love their company. I'm at them in like 2010 or 2011 yep. for the first time, way before Relay was a thing. And we just think they're really interesting people doing interesting things. And so we wanted to talk about it. Yep. So that's why that exists. Yep. Brought to you by The Glyph. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Another one for you. Yeah. Jeff Ferry asks, are there plans for at iMike to do an interview show again? I loved Inquisitive. Nope. There are no plans. There's no plan. Interview shows are... The, they're really hard to do um, because you have to plan guests, book guests. You have to think of something new and inventive um, every single time, right? Um, you have to do a lot of research into the person. Uh, you know, I, I did a weekly, I did a show every single week with a guest for five years in total, right? Because Inquisitive... Before that, it was command space, you know, like I had morphed from one to the other. Um, And I kind of changed it up a little bit every now and then, even made it like interviews of groups or I would, um, I did my favorite album series, right? Where I bring people on and just talk about their favorite albums. But the the logistical issues remain exactly the same of finding people, thinking of people that are interesting enough, contacting them to see if they want to be on the show, then researching it. Then you record with them and deal with uh, all of the potential recording issues that can come from speaking mm-hmm. to people who maybe don't have that much experience in podcasting, right? Uh, I just decided after five years I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, and I, every now and then I get this feeling of like, oh man, I kind of miss interviewing. Because I like the process of interviewing, but I have zero desire to deal with all of the work that it takes to deal with um, so short answer is no. Long answer is what I just said. <laughs> Long answer is go back 30 seconds. Yeah, I just, you know what it's like, right? With, with booking people for download. I see you it's and hard. Jason struggling with it every single week. And yep. it is, it's really difficult to do um, and to do correctly, you know, to do right, mm-hmm. to have a nice mix of people. Like it's hard. It is really hard work. The benefit that you guys have with download is you can bring people on multiple times, right? Because... They become experts that you can call upon. Right. It's not, and it's not an interview show. It's a panel show. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Right? They are not the subject themselves. They are there to talk about the subject. I, I can't bring the same person on three times in a month. Right? Because well, that, yeah. that, well then it just turns into something it's else. It's not an interview show. <laughs> They're just the host. Either. Plus, interview shows, shows with one-on-one with a guest, I have found to be more tricky to sell advertising on. So, mm-hmm. and my theory on this is that interview shows do not have a chemistry between the hosts. So, unless your show is huge, it can be difficult to make advertising conversions. So, yeah, it, it really was a good show, and you're good at it. But I understand why you. It's a skill I had because I honed it over it. five years, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I know I wasn't always good at it, but I did it every single week for five years. Like, Man, if I yeah. was bad at it, I should have given up a long time before. Yeah. I really, I just Googled, uh, I really like Command Space 77, primary source material with John Roderick. I think that's the best one. 
Um, oh, all of the Command Space archive is is there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we pulled in the old retired shows. Yeah, so that's really Command Space is is probably my strongest single body of work. Like, there's some stuff in there that's very good. Uh, probably yeah. some stuff in there that is very bad. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, peruse at your leisure, I guess. That, risk, yeah, <laughs> risk. That's a good way of saying it. All right. Manton asks, do you think that y'all will do any more shows like short podcasts, like Subnet? Um, and are there any surprises or lessons learned from producing a short daily show? Uh, I think these are two questions. I think the short format is interesting, but I think it only works if it's daily or near daily. Because if you just release a two-minute podcast every Monday, it's like, what's what, what's going on here? It's not a podcast. So for me... So I do Subnet five days a week right now. So if you're not familiar, Subnet is a show where I pull what I think are the three biggest or most interesting tech stories for the day. And you, there's a new episode out basically Monday through Friday, really it's Sunday through Thursday, but that is you, you listen to it the next morning because I put it out late at night. So Monday through Friday, there's a new episode. Uh, just for reference, I'm just uh, looking in my archives. The first episode was February 22nd, and I've only missed one day since um i missed the day of our live show in san jose because uh i just ran out of steam but the um the question is it surprise surprises about it's not a surprise i knew it was going to happen daily or near daily shows are extremely difficult the the work isn't hard i can do a subnet if i've been working all day and on the internet all day i already kind of have an idea like i collect links throughout the day in my head and then I can write it. I write it and then I read it starting cold. Like, so yesterday uh, I didn't spend much time online. And so I kind of like sat in my, uh, down in my office about six and like it took me about 40 minutes to do. Cause I had to like read a bunch of news and kind of put it through my filter process and see what came out the other side. Uh, and then I sort of punted and made a joke about Instagram instead of doing a third story. But it's really hard because you have that daily grind. And so while we're just being honest, Subnet's way closer to the end of its life than the beginning, at least in its current form. I don't know what's going to happen to it. I know a lot of people like it. I know it's well listened to. But doing it five times a week uh, is difficult, and I don't think that particular show works like two or three days a week. I think the idea of Subnet being daily or a new one every every workday, every weekday, I think that's where it fits. But I don't know if I can't keep that up forever. Um, And so we're talking about what to do with it. So... It's hard, and I think that's. I don't think we're going to be doing daily stuff past this. Mike, you did a daily tech show years and years yep. ago, and you told me this was going to happen, and you were right. Every, yep. Everyone who's done, who does this, you goes burn out this. very quickly because you burn out from any show, but you're doing this five times more, right? Yeah. So you burn out five times quicker. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I won't kill it without some heads up, but uh, it is definitely. Whatever, if you if this is phase one of subnet, phase one is winding down. I don't I don't know what's next for it. If it'll someone else will do it, or we change it, or it just kind of um, kind of goes away. I, just, I don't know yet. Yep. So if you have thoughts on subnet, let me know. I'm curious what you guys think. If you're a listener, uh, what works, what doesn't, and maybe how you feel about it. Yasmin Evian asks, uh, "What do you see for the future of Relay FM? What type of shows do you want to bring to the network? Does Relay stay podcast only, or do you see it expanding to other mediums?" So I would say we remain pretty open to pretty much any idea if you think it will fit. This fit can come from topic or this fit can come from person. Um, I think that 
iHistory is shown, it's typically preferred if there's some kind of technology slant because that's what we know we fit in that world. But it's not fixed to that. Um, if we think that the fit is right, then we do it. The problem is I cannot in any way, shape or form describe what the fit is. You, ju you just know it. Like we just feel in our gut. Like, does this feel like a project that we want to do? Does this feel like a project we want to have a part of our thing? And we know what we don't know, right? So that's that's kind of just how it goes, right? That's just kind of how, how we do. Um, I do see us expanding to other mediums at some point, as we mentioned earlier, right? Like the hologram shows. Uh, it feels like a natural evolution of where we will be, right? Like blogging? Are we going to start a blogging network? No. I'm sorry to say no. Mm. Yeah, we don't know. Um, podcasting wasn't a thing 10, 15 years ago. Yep. The way that it is now. Yeah. And so I think we would be foolish to say it's always going to be what it is today because we're, we are at the heart of it. I think we're a content company and podcasting is the medium. And it, it, we, it's a medium that you and I both love passionately and will fight to the death for. Yep. Maybe not to the death, the near death. I would suffer some injury for podcasting, but not, I don't want to lose a limb or anything. Yeah. But who knows what's next? And so we're, we're open to that. We're, you know, that, I think it's one reason we both experiment with video and other things and we tried everything subnet is, is honestly kind of a part of that of like it's still podcasting but what if we take our tools and apply them in a very very different format yeah. and uh that's kind of an interesting thing to poke around it's like people can listen to subnet and overcast but that's not what we made it for right like we right. made it to be listened to in other places like we made it to be listened to in Anchor, we made it to be listened to in Google Home and Amazon Echo, right? Like, that's what the show is made for, like, those places, which is very different. Um, so that was a, that is an attempt for us to see, like, what works and what doesn't, right? Am I, am I saying that right, do you think? I think so. Uh, Brentac Prime asked, what is the best and worst part about recording live in front of an audience? Oh, I love it so much. I know you do. I... I love the energy in the room. I love making people laugh. I love giving you a toy that looks like a trophy. Wait, ah, a trophy yeah, that looks good, like a no, toilet. No, 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 no. You can't. Don't go around and think you can edit that. That was edit, us in there. Edit point. Oh, no, I'll leave that in. Uh, I, I like the looseness of it. You know, um, the worst part for me is just the the plan. Like the not even like the day of, but like just like it takes a long time. Like this, these fall shows we're doing. I've already been working on for a couple of months. Like we got the Vinny's booked and now we're working on travel. Like that just takes a lot of time and there's a lot of moving parts. And this, this tour, you and I are traveling together. But we have other people coming to Chicago and some people coming to New York and like, it's a million moving parts and that's just hard to keep up with. But, uh, it's for me, it's worth it when I can step out and, and, you know, make a joke about, uh, about web objects and people laugh. I love all those same things. My worst part that Stephen doesn't really get is nerves. I get so nervous. It's unbelievable. It's You've never seen a human being like it. Like It's not good. Uh, there are times where like I just can't talk to anyone for like two hours. Like, it, I get really, really nervous yeah. um, until I step on the stage and I'm totally fine. But like that buildup is pretty catastrophic for me. And I don't know mm -hmm. why. It doesn't make any sense. I've done so many of them now. You know, like we do, I've done, I've done a, I don't even know how many live shows I've done now, but it's it's a, it's a, a more than enough for me to get used to it. But I haven't. A similar question. Well, a question that leads into this, Jonas. Do you think there will ever be live shows in other countries than the U.S.? 
Yes, I do. Do I know when? No. Would you agree with that? Right? Like, yeah, sure. But we have totally. no idea when. I really want to do some stuff in London one day, but like, it's just not on the cards right now because I can't and won't plan it, right? Because that's, I'm not good at that stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe one day, well, definitely one day, but we just don't know when. James Brain Reels, the real James Brain, wants to know, why do you both have so many podcasts? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and what was your first podcast together? Uh, so I have so many shows because I have so many interests. And yep. uh, th- I started doing one or two shows. And then eventually, like, I wanted to just have a podcast about everything that I was interested in. I've gotten better at this. I don't do this so much anymore. Um, I'm kind of trying to chill out. But that's why I have so many shows. Because either it's a, a thing that I'm interested in or somebody gives me an offer I can't refuse. Um, and the first show we ever did together was on Genius in the first run. Now we do on Genius in the new run. Yeah, same same thing. I, I like Liftoff, for instance, uh, a podcast Jason Sill and I do about space and the space industry. We did it because we're both interested in it, and we sort of discovered we we had a, a common shared interest, and then we make a show about it now. Um, and you do have a lot of shows. I'm I am quickly mm-hmm. catching up with you mm-hmm. uh, in a way that is troubling, but it's things that we're interested in, and and because we like the format so much, it's like an obvious place to to talk about those things. It's quite funny. So I'm going to be a part of PodCon again, um, which is very exciting. It's going to be, they have an Indiegogo campaign right now going until, I don't know, a couple more weeks or something. And they <laughs> they described me on their page. Like they there's like, Mike co-hosts Cortex, Remastered, a Pan Addict, Analog, Playing for Fun, and more. And in brackets, yes, actually more, which is funny. They keep describing me as like a person who hosts a lot of shows and 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 I don't really feel like I feel like there are lots of podcasters that host as many shows as I do, but I guess assumedly not. I don't know. But there you go. I'm looking forward to PodCon. It was great last time. All right. So uh, Nate asks, for as many shows that live on Relay FM, are there more shows that didn't make the cut? Oh boy, howdy. I mean, <laughs> okay. So there's two parts of this, but, right? Like. Yeah. shows that we have tried to make but ended up not existing there's a small handful of those right that like didn't make it past demo we've that's happened a few times and we get pitches like i don't even know probably every day at this point um and i want to give a piece of advice to anybody out there who considers pitching us so two things one do the show yourself first would be my would be my first thing and the reason for this is if it's your first show we have no idea if you can do it right like you have to show up on a consistent schedule like if you are going to join an outfit right like there are there are certain expectations required of you and that schedule can be whatever you want it to be but we need to see that like if we put the investment in to launching a show that it's going to stick around like that is very important to us so if you've been able to do a thing, one, it shows us you can do it and that you have the commitment, and the other, we can listen to it and see if it's good, you know, or at least having demos, like whatever it is, like you've got to do it. So yeah, we get pitches all the time, and most of, it's, most of the responses, like I would say like 95% of the response is go ahead and, and do the thing, like go and do it on your own or do something that you can point to that we can see. And then go ahead and make that thing. Now, there is somebody who's put some this up way better than I have, right? Yeah. We have a link in the show notes to uh, a video our friend Quinn did. Quinn was the host of 
Mixed Feelings on Relay, a show that wound down uh, this year. But she has a really great video on her channel about her joining of Relay FM. And her point basically is yours of like, just go do the work. Like podcasting is still small enough where like, if you're doing something interesting in our space, we will see it. Like if it is doing well and is standing out from the crowd, uh, it'll be noticed by other people, not just us, anyone with a network or anybody with a bigger audience, like people notice things happening in their corners of the internet. So like go do it. And, and when I answer those emails, I always try to have in there of like, don't take us saying that it's not a fit for us yet. Don't take that as a sign that you shouldn't do it. Like go do it, like go do it and do go do the work and see what happens because that is like a real turning point for a lot of projects, right? Like if you are doing something because you want to be part of a bigger thing or want the name recognition or something, but then you're not willing to do it when, when you end up doing it like independent, right? Like if that's the reason you end up not following through, then you weren't going to succeed anyways because you weren't passionate about it mm-hmm. and, and you weren't really behind it the way that you thought you were. So I say that as an encouragement to people of like, go do the thing. Like if you, if this is what you want to do, go do it. And if you find success, then lots of people will notice and, yep. and see where it takes you. So, so this, go watch uh, Quinn's video. Yeah. Go watch Quinn's video. <laughs> Jeff asked, uh, basically what we've answered, which is like, what do you say to people looking for advice on how to get started and not burning out? So that's kind of like part of it. Like just go out and do it. The problem with the burning out part, I feel it. Like if you've been doing something for a while and it's not getting anywhere, like I feel it. And I wished I had better advice than keep trying. But that was what we both did, right? Like I have been podcasting for eight years. Relay FM has existed for four years, right? So like, you can see that on your own that like I got my real success four years ago. That was when it really started kicking off for me. Like I had a bunch of like exciting things that happened beforehand, a lot of stuff that was amazing and felt like real success at the time. But this was the start of what I have now. So it took me four years to get to where I wanted to be. And I know that there are many people that are working for longer. Like I know people that have been doing it for longer. Like it's just, that's just, it, it takes a lot of time. And the thing is, like, the people that end up being successful are the people that stuck to it, right? Like, I know that's kind of a, a glib thing to say, but that is the truth to it. I wished it was easier than that. But just keep keep doing your thing. Like, the thing you're doing right now might not end up being the thing. You might have to have another idea. But you only have those other ideas by, by keeping on the grind. Mm-hmm. So, that's unfortunately, that's just kind of how it goes. All right, let's take a, a break. Thank our final sponsor this week, which is our friends over at Inboard Technology, the geniuses behind the motorized M1 skateboard. Inboard's flagship M1 e-board is set apart from the pack by its innovative industry-leading features and its sleek yet rugged design. Instead of being layered like other boards, the M1 e-board deck is made from a single block of wood and wrapped in fiberglass, making it the most advanced skateboard deck ever. The board has the glide of a traditional skateboard, but the power and freedom of an electric 
motor. The remote that comes with it, right, because it's electric, you need a remote, it has a simple and intuitive design and a safety trigger that means you don't have to worry about any accidental takeoffs where you launch your skateboard out into traffic. Don't worry about that because the M1 e-board's got you taken care of. You can make a serious upgrade to your commute with one of these things. You don't have to stick in traffic forever or look for a parking space. Just pick up your board and head to work. But if that's not something you want to do, it might just be, and it will be, an amazing way to just zip around your neighborhood. It's great for that too. Or just Taking out and out, taking it out and having fun on it, just like Stephen Hackett does. All right, Mike, I'm out here on my inboard. It's a beautiful sunny day, and I just I feel one with nature because I'm not stuck in a car pedaling a bike. I'm just on an electric skateboard that is smooth and easy to use. I feel confident on it. It's safe. It's got lights on the front and back. Inboard is totally the way to go. For a limited time, save $100 on your purchase of the M1 eBoard by heading to inboardtechnology.com and using the code CONNECTED100 at checkout. Get the board, try it for 14 days, and if it's not for you, just send it back. With that return policy, if you've always wanted to try out a motorized board, now's the time to do it. That's inboardtechnology, I-N-B-O-A-R-D, technology.com, and use the code CONNECTED100 to save $100 for a limited time only. Go there now. You're not going to regret it. Thanks to Inboard Technology for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. These are what I have labeled fun questions. Okay. Kyles the Grey asks, who once and for all has grown the most epic beard? It feels bad to vote for yourself, but I'm going to vote for myself. No, your beard is more epic. It is. But the thing is, right, so this is Rosemary's question leads. I'm just, before we round this out, lots of people care about our beards. Uh, this is Rosemary Orchard, host of Automators and Relay FM. If only one of you were allowed to have a beard, who would it be? I feel like it would be me, though, right? Because you shave yeah. it off whenever you want. On occasion. And I don't. I never shave mine off. So okay, my, Mine will grow back. Are you worried that yours wouldn't come back? No, I like, just don't want to be without it, right? Like, this is my face, like, and it has been... Like, I've had facial hair for, like, 15 years, like, half of my life. I have had some element of hair on my face, right? Like, it was bad 15 years it's ago. It's like a mustache. But, like, it's it is like this a... funny thing that, yes, you do have a better beard than me, but the beard is attached to me, right? Like, people think of me when it comes to the beard, but your beard's way mm-hmm. better, but it's because you fluctuate, and I don't. I do, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um, a beard fluctuator. <laughs> How many jiggles <laughs> does that give you? <laughs> um, previously mentioned, Micah Sargent has an incredible question. If Netflix were to create a mock work mock place, oh my god! If Netflix were to create a workplace mockumentary based around the launch and subsequent operation of Relay FM, who would you want to play you? Zach Braff. No, <laughs> so you get right. Isn't he's, he the guy? He's had a really good podcast TV show <laughs> career. Isn't he the guy? Uh, I've been thinking about this today, and I think I would like to go for Matt Smith, who was Doctor Who, because. I think that uh, he can be animated in a ridiculous way, which I think I am quite a lot, right? Like moving my arms around and saying stupid stuff. Um, And he is also really funny, which is good for this type of show. I'm not saying that I'm really funny, but he is is really funny. So Hmm. I think he's British enough that it would work, right? Like I was like thinking that I needed someone who was lighthearted, kind of ridiculous and British, and that's how I landed on Matt Smith. I am keen to hear people's uh, other recommendations. I actually have one for you. 
Please, because I don't have an answer prepared to be honest. Seth with you, Rogen. So. Seth Rogen would 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 play you. Are you are you beard casting me? Yeah, but he also has curly hair. Okay. And he's he's dry, funny like you, you know? Yeah. So that I works. think Seth Rogen would work. Okay. He's also American. He isn't I don't think he has a southern accent. But uh you you would we'll just have to go with that unless you can come up with something better. I think we go with it. Although some Jason seems upset in the chat room, but I don't know what it's about. So it could be we'll all, all of it, everything. Yeah, <laughs> Jason's journal angst. Yeah. All right. Um, this this next person, <laughs> go for it. Ck Ck underscore Kraus ninety nine. Yep. It's a family name. That means they're like what eighteen or nineteen years old, maybe oh, seventeen yeah. years old, right? <sighs> right, they're ninety nine years old. Don't be ageist. <laughs> What is your favorite non-tech podcast? I have two because I can't pick one. Uh, a show called Wonderful, which is hosted by Griffin McElroy and Rachel McElroy. And they just talk about two things every week that they love. That's it. It's just a happiness podcast is all it is. It's just a, a married couple who have incredible chemistry and they're super funny together. They just talk about things that are nice and they're so nice to each other. It's just like 30 to 40 minutes of just joy. That's why I love that one. And uh, also Dubai Friday because it's where I get my political news. Um, yeah. And it's also it's a- really great. I love Dubai Friday. It is an incredible show. I would expect that everybody that listens to this must be listening to Dubai Friday at this point. And if they're not like... You need to. It's so good. It's so good. And I continue to pick Dubai Friday and have done in kind of this spot for a long time now. Same. Uh, I really, really love it. Yeah. I also just want to throw out there uh, Slow Burn. It's a podcast by Slate, and it is about presidents who have been impeached. So they did Watergate, and they just started the Clinton impeachment. So it's political and kind of heavy. But it's really fascinating if you're interested in that sort of stuff. So I've I really enjoyed season one. Season two just started. I have a new episode waiting for me, and I can't wait to listen to it. No, uh, hopefully, I've, I've later seen this. this week. Uh, I've seen this promoted, and now I know what it's about. And the artwork is very good. Uh, most of Slate stuff is, but it, it looks really good. Yeah, they they do really interesting stuff over there. Hmm. Uh, Brent Tack Prime. Uh, second question. Both good questions. Uh, what kind of chair do you podcast in? Uh, I use a hurt, beanbag. A be- <laughs> Can you imagine the noise? <gasps> oh, God, God you have awful. to sit so still. This is actually, I said to, to I replied to Brent, said, these are really good questions you've asked. And, he's, and uh, they said to me, oh, uh, it's because I had to just edit some chair noise out of my show. So I want to know what you're recording because there's no chair noise. Uh, basically, all chairs devolve to noise over time it's true that is a, mine's you know, got a pop if i turn the wrong way yeah that all right chairs uh devolve to noise but i use a herman miller embody it's very expensive chair but you know they're, they're kind of like 900 dollars or something there's two reasons mm-hmm. i did this i bought like a 250 dollar chair on amazon that lasted me 18 bad. months right bad choice right it didn't last me nowhere near long enough because it was it was a piece of junk, right? And that tends to be what you get for a two hundred dollar chair. It's a lot of money, but they they age really quickly. Um, and the Herman Miller chairs, if you buy them from either them or you you look through their kind of uh, supplier page that they have on their website, they have a ten year guarantee on their chairs. So you have 
that chair will this chair will last me for 10 years if i want it to so yeah there we go that that that's what i use uh i use its sibling the herman miller Aeron, A-E-R-O-N. Mm-hmm. For all the same reasons you do, I bought an Amazon chair when I quit my job, and it quickly fell apart and was quickly uncomfortable. Uh, I tried the chair you have, and I just like this one a little bit better, yeah. but they are very, I think they do very similar things. They do. I, and, they, they do. And mine's in black, because that's the correct color for a chair. Well, I got blue, the blue, the closest I could get to our company color, so... Mm. Uh, and then more blue. Real time follow up on casting. So I remember that we did this um, on episode nineteen of Connected. I remembered we did it on Connected and couldn't remember the episode number, so couldn't find it. We we for some reason casted ourselves on that episode, um, and the way that I actually stand by this casting as well. So uh, Bradley Cooper as you, and a bearded Benedict Cumberbatch as me. If you click on the link. Um, in the show notes to episode 19 of Connected, you'll see the pictures that were chosen. And I think if you put just a bigger beard on uh, Bradley Cooper, it would still work. And we went with a long-haired Joseph Gordon-Levitt for, for Federico. Still perfect. That casting is still perfect, I think. It's pretty good. It's It works. It all really works still. Plus, I mean, you know, I would love Benedict Cumberbatch playing me. But the thing is with those, right? So I tried to think of like someone who might be in this show and i don't think we could land those two for this show i don't know but matt smith still does tv right like he actually still does netflix shows he just did like uh the the the, the queen show is it called queen what's it called is it the queen i don't know the queen. what are you talking about I don't ne- know. the netflix show is it called the queen I don't, I don't know. the crown excellent show all right last question comes from todd mm, which todd. of the two of you would win an arm wrestling match me. It was you because you go to the gym. It's true. However, gotta, I'm, I'm playing. <laughs> the I'm next actually time playing we get Bradley together. Cooper in a upcoming movie. Oh yeah, and trying to bulk up. Yeah. Uh, next time we're together, I think we should try it. Okay. But I, you would win. But I want to try it anyway. Okay. Deal. Get some of that just raw British power behind me. That empire building power that I have mm. somewhere deep in my brain. How's that empire? Not very good. That's why I'll lose. <laughs> It'll be good for a no little comment. while and then crumble horrifically. That's kind of how it will go. Hey, uh, w- w- welcome to our present. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 205 of Connected. If you send a question in, thank you so much. There were a ton of questions we couldn't get to. Uh, we're sorry if we didn't mm-hmm. get to yours, but we still appreciate uh, all, each and every one of you. Because yes. without y'all, we would not be celebrating four years of our company. It is all because of you. But you know who we appreciate the most? Members. Members. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a favorite child, but we do love some of you more. Yep. And so if you become a member, just know that we love you the most. Uh, FM slash membership. Please, please sign up if you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, maybe even better, go to relay.fm slash connected and support this show uh, specifically. Um, Thank you so much to everyone for listening and supporting. Stephen, take us out. Uh, there are a few links this week, not as many as normal, but you can find them over at relay.fm slash connected slash 205. While you're there, you can get in touch with us. You can send us an email with some follow-up. You can find us on Twitter. Mike is I-M-Y-K-E, and Mike is the host of a bunch of shows on Relay FM. Go check them out. Uh, Federico is still on vacation. We promise he's still part of the show. He'll be back very soon. We hope next week, right? I think next week, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, yeah. We're planning on it. <laughs> I hope Federico, so. Federico, please come back. Please come back. 
We've had enough alone time. We need you to come Please home. Please come back. <sighs> so maybe maybe tweet at Federico. Just say encouraging come him back. to come back to the show. Mm-hmm. Please come back. You should say the show's still good, but please come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can find him there at V I T I C C I. And of course, Federico is the editor in chief of MacStories.net. He's working on a big iOS review for this fall. Uh, so get get ready. Get your get your time taken off now so you can just sink into iOS twelve whenever it comes out. You can find me on Twitter sometimes as ISMH, but I write five twelve pixels.net and have, host the five twelve pixels YouTube channel. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Squarespace, Pingdom, and Inboard Technology. And until next week, Michael, say goodbye. Uh, I love you, and happy anniversary, and goodbye. Wow. Adios. (laughs) Is that all I get? Fine.